Welcome to Daily Living. My name is Shirley, and here on Daily Living, we focus on our daily walk with Christ. I like to refer to myself as a follower of Christ. And this is because I choose to live my life according to the Holy Spirit's teaching of the scriptures and not by man doctrine. Not by the rules created by man. Not by man's system, but by God's system. If you are looking for God, if you are living in fear and anxiety, if you want to have a deeper relationship with God, no matter your background, no matter where you are right now, God's desire is that we continue to grow in him. You can never get too high in him. You can never reach the top when it comes to pursuing God. If this is you, then you are in the right place. I pray that God uses me as a vessel to lead you to Christ to lead you to God through Christ or deeper in God. Amen. This episode today is going to be a little bit different. There is a book called The Purpose Driven Life Book. It is by an author named Rick Warren, and he has a 40-day devotional. I tell you, this book is powerful. Many times when we talk about God or having a relationship with him, we don't really... have practical ways of understanding that relationship. Unless you've, no, I'm not going to say unless, even if you've walked closely with God before and you've fallen away, this book can help you to get back in close communion with God again. A very powerful book. And so, what I feel like the Holy Spirit wanted me to do with this was to go 
I'm not going to go over the books or the devotional verbatim, but I am going to try to use the titles and see what the Holy Spirit reveals to me. And this is what we're going to go through our own 40 day. But I would advise you for you to also get this book. Because my hope and prayer and the reason why I do this is so that you yourself can be in close communion with God. The issue with a lot of us is we've, we go to church. Some of us have been going to church all of our lives. And we get caught up in just getting dressed, just the regular mundane stuff. Just go, get up, have Sunday dinner, talk to the people at church, and then that's it. You know, you do the same thing again on Sunday. And the thing is, is that the last episode that I did was called The Misconception of Faith. One of the revelations for that was, how can you have faith in somebody that you don't know? How can you vouch for someone that you are not close with? This book will help you to know God. It will help to put you and in a place where you can build your faith in who God reveals that he is to you. Not just in the book, but in life, your own personal walk with God and I really believe that's what God intended I believe that he did not just want us to get caught up in what I call doctrines get caught up in religion he wants us to be in relationship with him but since that is not a teaching that's taught a lot of times we don't know how nobody has told us how do we do that well beloved God has used Rick Warren as a vessel to help us to understand how it is that we ought to seek a relationship with God change our hearts and so a couple weeks ago I had um, a close family member that was in a hospital emergency room 
And I went to visit that person as I was leaving the hospital. A guy was standing outside or sitting outside and he saw me and he started to minister to me. He was telling me, just trust God. You look like you're worried. And it really touched my heart. So I stood there and I continued talking to him some more about I continued talking to him some more about, you know, you know, God a little bit. And then he started to tell me more about himself. He started to explain to me what he was doing there. He had just had surgery. He was being released and waiting for somebody to pick him up so he can go home. And while he's talking in my heart i'm like what can i do lord how can i bless this man maybe i can give him a ride home that was the thought but as we were still talking there was a man that just walked up he just was dropped off um in front of us he walked up to him and he said hey He introduced himself and he was like, what's going on with you? And the guy told him, look, I just had surgery. I'm waiting to go home. And he reached out his hand and he said, can I pray for you? And he prayed for the guy that I was talking to. And as he was praying, of course, I stood there and witnessed And I started praying also for healing for him. And at that moment, I thought to myself, how could I have stood there and not be sensitive enough to ask him to pray for him? And I heard the Holy Spirit, I heard the Holy Spirit say, it's not about you. It's not about me. Then if it's not about me, then who is it about? In today's episode, we're going to go over the first day of the devotional. Like I said, it's not going to be the entire book. But I want to use that and use the title of the devotional and let the Holy Spirit lead me, okay? In today's episode, we are going to discuss if it's not about me, if it's not about you, then who is it about? We all have, and one thing that we all have in common is that No matter our background, no matter our culture, the color of our skin, our religion, everyone wants to find meaning 
and their lives. That is a universal thing. People from the beginning of time have pondered on that very question. Why am I here? What is all this for? What is the purpose of my life? Society will teach us to look within to find purpose or our paths. Oprah herself says, there are many paths. Everybody get to choose their own paths. This is what the world says. This is what Oprah said. And many believe it. There are so many books and lectures and seminars, just a whole lot of information on how to find purpose. How to find your true self, finding the God within without ever consulting God. And I, I'm always very careful with those type of books. The minute they start to tell me to look within myself, look for the God within, I stop reading. And the reason for that is, if I have not, if I'm in the world, and I have not received God in myself. What God is inside of me? If I haven't accepted God within me. Proverbs fourteen twelve says. There is a way which seems right to a man and appears straight before him, but at the end of it, it is the way of death. There is a way that seems right. In the natural mind, we all can think that one way is the right way. We can think that, oh, well, this is the direction that I'm supposed to go. But in truth, only God's way is the right way. Anything outside of God is the wrong way. And the enemy is good at creating all types of different paths. Because he doesn't care what path you take. Just as long as you take one that is not God. His only concern is when you choose God. So whether you decide to change your religion, you decide to, whatever you decide, you decide to go into crystals or psychics or it doesn't matter. He does not care. As long as it's not God. That's why he creates many paths for the world. It's not about us. 
because we didn't create ourselves. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him were all things created. And when they say him, they're talking about Jesus Christ. For by Christ, all things created. Everything that we can see, touch, feel, he created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, both visible. Heaven was created by him. Things that we can touch, spiritual things, everything was created by him, Christ. Whether they be thrones or dominions or principles or powers, all things were created by him, Christ, and for him. And this is still Christ. So Christ created things. Everything was done by Jesus Christ. The entire world, the earth, people, animals, everything, the heavens and the earth was created by Christ. And it was created for Christ. Things are created with a purpose in mind. And Rick Warren writes this in his devotional. He says, the purpose of life is far greater than our own personal fulfillment. Oh my goodness. Your peace of mind or even your happiness Did you guys hear that? Everything was created for Christ. Everything was purposed by him and for him. We didn't create ourselves, right? And so it's not about us. It's not about our peace of mind. It's not about living on your best life. It's not even about your own happiness. The world tells us to be true to ourselves, true to our heart. It tells us to follow our hearts and we won't go wrong. However, the Bible says something totally different. Instead, in Jeremiah 17, 9, it states, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? This same heart that the world tells us to follow, that is supposed to lead us to find meaning in our lives and describe the Bible as being in in the Bible is described as being polluted and crooked. But the world says, Follow your heart. Your heart won't lead you wrong. In other translations, the Bible um, says that uses the word exceedingly perverse and corrupt. The word desperate is defined as extremely violent. 
furiously with rage, madly without regard to danger. Yet we're told, follow your heart. Your heart will tell you where to go to find purpose. Focusing on ourselves will never reveal our life's purpose. This is by Rick Warren. It will never reveal our life's purpose if we focus on ourselves. Truth only comes from the Holy Spirit. Without it, there's deception, there's darkness. There's this one scripture I used to meditate on about a year ago or two years ago. It said, if your light be darkness, how great is that darkness? And I found another scripture yesterday when I was preparing for this episode. It's Luke 11:35 that said, be careful, therefore, that the light that is in you is not darkness. What happens is, if you don't accept the Holy Spirit and there is no God in you, anything you find within yourself is darkness. Because we're all sinners. We have no light in us. We have no truth in us. We have to invite truth and receive truth in us in order to find truth. See, the enemy always gives you just a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie. It's not wrong to look within ourselves. That's not where it's wrong. That, that's not where it's deceptive. It's deceptive because you're looking within yourself without first putting truth in yourself as a christian as a follower of christ as somebody that communes with god i have the holy spirit inside of me so as i go through life i live my life like it's not about me because i know that god created me for something And whatever it is that he wants me to do, I may not understand it. I know without a doubt that he loves me. I know that no matter what I go through, he is with me and he will never lead me astray. He won't do anything to harm me. And so as I walk through life, I do look within myself. I do look for the God in me, but that's because I put him in me already. I've already received Christ. I received his special gift of salvation. I have invited the Holy Spirit to live in me. Now I can look inside and say, Holy Spirit, what what do you want me to do about this situation? 
Where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to live? What kind of friends you want in my life? How can I please you today? That is the difference. But the world, the enemy bypass inviting Christ into your into your life and tells you look within God is in you. And that is the deception of the enemy. Because if you have darkness inside of you, and this is what Luke is saying here, be careful, therefore, that the light that is in you is not darkness. The light is, that's in you is only darkness if you haven't not put light in you by receiving Christ. You ever hear people say, um, you have the rose color glasses on. So everything you see is roses. I may have that wrong, but what I'm trying to say is if you have sunglasses on, right? Everything that you see through the sunglasses will be shaded darker. It doesn't matter what it is. So if your mind is deceived and you're looking for a place that has no where you have no light in you everything that you look at will be deceived the way you look at life will be deceived your concept of scripture will be deceived everything about the way you think everything will be deceived until you receive Christ and he starts to illuminate you from the inside out he starts to renew your mind. First Corinthians 3.19 says, and this is one of my favorite scriptures. For the wisdom of the world is foolishness with God. For it is written, he taketh the wise in their own craftiness. The wisdom of this world is foolishness with God. Yet, we lean on this wisdom. We praise people with this wisdom. And this is how to understand spiritual things is opposite. This is why the Bible says the first shall be last and the last shall be first. Because everything we have been taught to understand is total opposite of what the Bible teaches. We're taught to Praise wisdom, praise titles and accomplishments, but to God, they're foolishness. Paul says everything that he did before is dung. I forget exactly how he said it, but I think he, he calls everything dung. Like he's like, it's trash. Everything that he did, all the, and Paul was, um, 
well accomplished, you know, scholar or, you know, teacher. He, what, what did he, I think he was a Pharisee. No, he wasn't. Yeah, I think he was a Pharisee. He studied to be a Pharisee, but one of those high ranked religious leaders, that's where Paul was. And when he became, when he started having truth, he looked at everything as garbage, worthless. The wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. God will use the least likely person to correct somebody of wisdom. And that is one of the best things I love about him. You have to be humble because he can use a child to minister to you. And if you, if you don't understand how God talk, you will miss God as he talked through that child. And a lot of times he used kids because kids are, they're innocent. They believe and they don't need to, they don't need the explanation. They're more open to the spirit of God. And so a lot of times when kids start talking, sometimes I might stop and listen to them because God is that wise. Are you humble enough to listen to a child? Are we humble enough to listen to a child? Because he will use the foolishness of the foolish things of this world to conform the wise. Every time I think about even me coming on this radio to talk about what I've learned about God in my walk, and I always say this to myself, God will use the foolish things of this world to conform the wise. Because I'm not more knowledgeable, I don't have some big degree, no doctorate or master's degree. I'm just a sinner that has surrendered. Still understanding different levels of surrendering to God. I love him with all of my heart. I give him my life. And as a result, I'm being obedient. Sometimes I think I don't really, I always struggle with learning big words or remembering them. My grammar is sketchy at best. And I would tell God, why, why, why are you going to pick me out of all people? You can find somebody that talks, that's more articulate than me, that talks better. But he would always tell me, he always bring me back to the scripture. It's not about, it's not about me. <laughs> it's, 
it's not about me. It's not about no degree that I have obtained. It's not about how I'm walking. I'm so perfect that I don't mess up. I don't trip up. It's not about that. It's about me being obedient to what he has called me to. That's it. It's not about us. It's not about me. It's not about you. Because true purpose can only be found in the creator. Jeremiah 18, 1-4 says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the house, to the potter's house, and behold, he was working at the wheel. And the vessel that he was making from clay was spoiled in the hand of the potter. So he made it over and we worked it until another vessel and we worked it into another vessel as it seemed good to the potter to make it. And here we see how a potter is making, is using a clay to make a pot. And he determines the shape, the, the look, the color. He determined everything about this potter as it seemed good, the Bible says, to the potter. Beloved, God is our potter. He is the one that creates us. He is the one that purposes us. He places in us and shapes us in the way that seems good to him to fulfill a purpose. Most of us are pretty familiar with making you know, purchasing a new phone, okay, or a kitchen appliance, or, you know, anything. Now, every time we make a new purchase of some type of electronics or a phone or a computer, they always come with this one thing. All of them have this one thing in common. No matter how small the object is, they always come with one thing. They come with a manual, a little folded manual, either at the top or at the bottom. Now, the manual will tell you everything you need to know about this product, the ins and outs about this product. But here's the thing. It doesn't really stop us from using this product without going through the manual. How many of you have actually read a manual? When I get a new phone, 
I bypassed the manual. But guess what? The creator, the manufacturer of the phone knows all the different things that you can do on the phone. But until you read the manual, you would only use it for limit. You won't be able to maximize the use of the phone. You won't be able to fully understand everything that this phone can do if you don't read the manual. You will not be able to use the phone for its full intended purpose. And that's what a lot of us do. We do not consult the manual. And so we're trying to find something that has already been displayed on the manual in our lives. We're trying to find purpose without going to the creator for this purpose. Only the creator knows why he created you. Jeremiah 29:11 states, "For I know the thoughts and plans that I have for you," says the Lord. Thoughts and plans for welfare and peace and not for evil to give you hope and your final outcome. God didn't just create you. He created you with a plan. He created you with a thought. He thought of you when he created you. The way you look, the sound of your voice, your height, your weight, the texture of your hair, the color of your skin, the culture, the parents that you have. It's not a coincidence. Everything It's not you were not made by mistake. God intentionally made you the way that you are. Every blemish, every scar, every toenail, every the Bible says even the very hair on your head has been numbered. Jeremiah 1:5 says, "Before I form, formed you in the womb, I knew and approved of you as my chosen instrument. And before you were born, I separated and set you apart, apart consecrating you, and I appointed you as a prophet to the nation." This is God talking to Jeremiah. But before God formed us, before our parents even knew that they were going to have us, God already knew that we were we were already set to be born in his thoughts. We were already in his thoughts. He already had plans for us to be born. He already had purpose for us. All we have to do is turn to the savior that's all
so that we can identify, reveal true purpose. It's not about us because it's all about Jesus Christ. Why is it about Jesus Christ? Well, Genesis 1, 26 to 28 says, God said, let us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, make mankind in our image after our likeness and let them have complete authority over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, the beast and over all the earth and over everything that creeps upon the earth. So God gave, created man into his own image and he and it says that he let them have complete authority over all the earth, over everything. And um, on 28th, let me read 27 also. So God created man in his own image and in the image and likeness of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it using all its vast resources and the service of God in man and have dominion over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves upon the earth. So. In this scripture, God tells us that not only did he create man in his image, in his likeness, so we not only look like him, he gave us his likeness, so we act, we have mannerism like him, and he gave us authority, but not only authority, but dominion over all of the earth. So Adam and Eve had complete authority and dominion over the entire earth as long as they remain obedient to god they had authority and dominion on the earth isaiah 14 12 14 says how have you fallen from heaven O, O um light bringer and day star son of the morning he Isaiah is talking about Satan at this point. How are you even, how have you, how you have been cut down to the ground? You who weakened and laid low the nations. And you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of assembly in the uttermost most north i will ascend above the heights of the cloud i will make myself like the most high the devil desperately wanted to be god and rule over the earth he couldn't rule over heaven so the next best step was to rule over the earth 
He knew that as long as Adam and Eve remain obedient to God, he was powerless. So he devised a plan and manipulated them to hand over all their authority and dominion over the earth by causing them to disobey God, to sin, by causing them to separate man, by causing a separation between man and God that he would gain all power. However, God had an even better plan. So when we go back to Genesis 3.15, it says, And I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offsprings. He will bruise and tread your head underfoot, and you will lie in wait and bruise his heel. This, beloved, was the very first recorded prophecy in the Bible. It is the very first time that God prophesied about the coming offspring, the coming child that was supposed to come and defeat the devil, that was going to bruise, that was going to um, bruise and tread on his head, like he was going to step all over him, okay? And the Bible tells us that the devil, this is what God is saying, was only going to bruise his heel, Luke 4, 5 to 7 says, Then the devil took him, the devil now, this is the part where Jesus was baptized and the Holy Spirit um, led him into the wilderness. So after the 40-day wilderness, the devil took him, got Jesus, up to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the habitable world in a moment of time in the twinkle of an eye and he said to him to you he that said to him this is the devil talking to Jesus he said to you I will give you all this power and authority in their glory all their magnificence, excellence, preeminence, dignity, and grace, for it has been turned over to me. It has been turned over to me. When was it turned over to him? It was turned over to him when Adam and Eve ate from that tree. The minute they became disobedient, they were separated from God. They lost all their authority. It's like, it's like somebody being promoted to being a CEO of a company. Okay. And you have power to fire, hire, make corporate decisions, spend money here, there. You have all this power. Somebody comes in and they're jealous of you. And what they decide to do is convince you to not listen to whatever investors that you have. Okay, that's supporting the business. Or to create some type of bad blood or to break up, you know. 
And you having not, you know, foreseen this, you listen to this person. And what happens is, as a result, you get fired from your position. And now what they do is they promote this person now, not that they deserved it, not that they worked for it, but there's nobody else there. So this person automatically gets promoted. This is what the devil did to Adam. He said it was turned over to him and I give it to you. However, I give it to whomever I will. That's what he said. <laughs> he will give it to whoever he wants to because now it's all his. Therefore, if you will do homage to and worship me just once, it shall be yours. The audacity of the devil. How are you going to offer God himself that which is already his? Jesus' death took over all authority and power. And gave it back to, he gave it back to us as long as we receive him. As long as we accept this gift that he has. This is why it's about Jesus. The entire book is about Jesus. This whole thing is about Jesus. And this is what the forefathers understood. This is what the, the people in the Bible understood. They knew that their life didn't matter. They knew that it wasn't about them. It was all about Jesus. It's about saving souls. The devil know that he's already been judged. He's waiting for his sentence to commence. He, he's already been judged. He knows where he's going. The verdict is in. He's going to hell. But because he's evil, he wants to take as many people with him as possible. So that's why even in this um, interaction, I would advise um, if you've never read this story before to read Luke 4. Okay, because what you see is even the devil is reciting scripture to the word of God. He is reciting scripture back to the word of God. The devil is still operating in this world illegally, but when we exercise our free gift of salvation, he has to flee. He can't stay. Just like Jesus came down to give us his life for us, we now have to give up our lives for him. When we give up ourselves, our beliefs, and our own will for God's will, then and only then can we find our true purpose. Galatians 3, 13 says, Christ bought us with his blood 
and made us free from the law. In that way, the law could not punish us. Christ did this by carrying the load and by being punished instead of us. It is written, any man, anyone who hangs on a cross is hated and punished. Christ died for us so that he can gain back everything that Adam lost. They call Jesus the second Adam because he's the one that did it right. And because of that, because Jesus was God incarnated in the flesh, because he did not sin, the devil had no power against him. And this is why it's not about us. It's about Christ. Purpose is found only through him by the power of God as we seek God, by the power of the Holy Spirit as we seek God. So if you're listening today, And you realize that you have been searching for your purpose, for meaning in your life, for fulfillment. And you have been looking in yourself, but not seeking your creator. Why don't you say this prayer with me? Dear Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sin. Please forgive me. Come into my life. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Help me to live the rest of my life for you. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Beloved, I pray that this message blessed you as it has blessed me. Until next time.